1: KP likes the beast from the X-Men. So anyways, KP's here. How's it going, man?
2: I'm doing well. Love the intros <laughs> that you're working on. Uh, did,
1: <laughs> I, every now and then, I just, I have to switch it up. And I don't care if it sounds worse. I just am not doing the same one again. So it's, it is it is what it is.
2: And I appreciate that. Props to the 49ers for scheduling a f- preseason finale at 1 o'clock instead of at night so we can have the rest of our evening. Um, I'm great, man. Uh, preseason is over and i'm even better knowing that
1: (laughs) it's over so we're better now right um so yeah preseason the 49ers uh ended it with a bang against the not so faithful to the bay uh las vegas raiders and gave them the old whooping as much as a preseason whooping can be 34 to 10 and the raiders didn't actually reach the end zone until like kind of like late in the third quarter when uh, you know, the 49ers at that point were letting fans come down onto the field and, and play defense. So uh, it was, uh, I mean, it was a bye kicker. Yeah. For, for I mean, everything you want a preseason game, I guess. You don't, you don't. there's not really a whole lot to overreact to uh, per se. I mean, obviously, we've got some conversations to be had, but if it went as well for the 49ers as a preseason game can go. Uh, you know, the only injury they came away with was Travis Benjamin suffering a concussion and entering into the concussion protocol, which, not to downplay that, but, I mean, in in all things considered, that's that's a pretty successful football game. Uh, And he walked uh, to the locker room under his own power. It didn't seem serious. So that's good to hear. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I guess the – the main takeaway that everybody's talking about, wants to hear about, it surprisingly, involves quarterbacks, which oh. I know that you, you guys weren't planning on hearing about that. We weren't planning on talking about them. Like, it's just not really a, a big deal with the 49ers right now. But Jimmy Garoppolo started the game, and what did it take? Like, uh, like three or four, four plays? Specifically three, four. Yeah, four plays before Trey Lance came out. And I didn't – I know it's one point – People were keeping track of the number of snaps they had together when they were going back and forth. I think at one point it was like thirteen or fourteen for Jimmy and and ten for Trey, so it was pretty even once they started doing that. What did you think about that, man?
2: Man, I mean, it was something that's for sure. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what the goal of that was, other than to just make make the Lions think twice about their preparation, um, because there's no doubt it's going to throw somebody off. Or throw Lance off, throw Jimmy G off, because it's going to be tough to get into rhythm when you're coming in and out of the game every other play. So, in that sense, I didn't like it, but I also acknowledge that it's preseason. You know, they're tinkering with things; they're just seeing how the quarterbacks react. And this doesn't matter, and it's probably not going to be what we see ever in a game. So, I, I really thought that the overwhelming point was just to mess with Detroit.
1: Yeah, I, I, couldn't see, I couldn't see them being that aggressive with the rotation during a regular season NFL game. And obviously, it, they went out there, they did it. They were At one point, they were switching out every two or three plays between Jimmy G and Trey Lance. And, I mean, contrary to what you would think would happen, the 49ers got to the one-yard line, and it was third and one, and Trey Lance had been out there. And Jimmy Garoppolo comes in and, and kind of rolls out a little bit to his right, and the play broke down, and he took it himself and ended up making one defender miss and then running into, straight into a linebacker to cross the goal line. Uh, so, obviously, that was kind of exactly the opposite of what you thought you would see when Lance started right. coming out there. But, I mean, it worked. It, it, it looked good. I, I don't know how much stock to put into it, given what we were likely seeing from the Raiders' defense. In regards to an actual NFL defense, I have no idea how many starting defenders they didn't have out there. But if you compare that to the 49ers uh, and who they didn't have out there, it was probably a lot. But, I mean, it was cool. Uh, Right away, you can see just how stressful it will be for every defense in the NFL when Trey Lance is running a read play to Raheem Mostert lord with Raheem Mostert running outside you know what i mean is is there a, is there a more specific way to say that you know cuz obviously you can kind of run those read plays at all kinds of angles and and the running back can be hitting all kinds of different holes and angles but Raheem was kind of coming across his face and was was going to, if he was given the ball, would take it outside. And Trey Lance was the one going down the middle. And it's kind of commonly reversed. You know, it's usually different. The quarterback is kind of the one threatening to run outside while the running back is the one going downhill. So,
2: yeah, well, but I, yeah go, go ahead, go ahead. No, what I was going to say is one of the big takeaways before we get to the running stuff was just like, no matter who's at quarterback, receivers are going to be running wide open. Uh, right. So whoever's playing quarterback will have plenty of weapons to work with. Thanks to Shanahan. Thanks to Mike McDaniel. Thanks to a clean pocket from the offensive line that we have to talk about. But when Lance was in the game, yeah, the second level defenders for the Raiders just had no idea where the ball was going. Whenever they did, whatever replay it was. So on one play, it was a quarterback counter. So both the backside right tackle and guard pull. And he's faking to or he's reading and he's riding out a hand fake to Raheem Mostert, Mostert, I'm doing this as I'm doing it. That's why my voice keeps changing. He (laughs) rides out a hand fake to Mostert, who takes it up the sideline because they see pulling linemen. And naturally, as a linebacker, those are your keys. You're going to go to that side of the formation. So it's called bash. So the bat goes away from the formation. And when you have a player like Raheem Mostert, who is faster than everybody, that play is going to work every time. Uh, that was pretty fun to see. And then even on the zone read stuff, man, and I think there's pretty evident that Shanahan was in Lance's ear saying, don't you dare freaking pull this ball. But <laughs> um, even on the read plays, it, it just seemed like they had no idea where to go. They're second guessing themselves. And that's going to open up a lane every time. And for a guy as explosive as Mostert, it's going to be really tough to stop. So that was really fun to see. A couple of different wrinkles uh, thrown out by Shanahan. But again, when they're throwing the ball, they're going to have a lot of space to work with.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's just Raheem Mostert. That's already how he stresses out a defense, anyways, is, you know, he's the last running back in the league that you want to gain the edge because he's just going to instantly tear up field. And you probably have already taken an incorrect angle by that point. And so he's, on, he's gone. And, you know, you're adding in the threat of a 6'4, 225 pound quarterback just keeping the ball and running it straight downhill on you which is also not necessarily enjoyable for most defenders that are going to be smaller than him that have to meet him at the second level. So, Yeah, can we talk about that
2: real quick? Because there was one play where he scrambled. I believe it was a fourth down run, and I looked this up. So 54 and the Raiders hit him. 54 weighs 226 pounds. He weighs one pound more than Trey Lance. So those are the type of guys that are going to be running into him, and those are linebackers. So imagine once he gets to the second or the third level of defense. It's, It's going to be fun.
1: Yeah, it was cool to watch. It was cool to watch, man. I mean, and like I was saying, even if you correctly read the play and broke on the run of Raheem keeping it, when you should, it's it's already going to be tough enough to track him down. But now you've, you have to acknowledge the legitimate threat of Trey Lance keeping the ball, and it, it just provides the run game with that little bit of hesitation that you need. And I've, I've tried so hard to coach like my quarterbacks over the years when they do like their play action fakes and stuff like that. I'm like, look, like as pointless as you think it is just you acting like you still have the ball and coming up, like you're going to throw it, it just might give us the one step we need to take it to the house. So, and, and that's the same kind of concept with, with Trey Lance writing out that fake is whether he plans to keep it or not, it, it makes everybody freeze. Like they, they have to honor both of them because they're I wouldn't say Trey Lance is as dangerous of a runner as Raheem, but you get what I'm saying. So oh, yeah. it, it was cool to see that in action because you could literally see for the second when they're doing that, everything kind of just freezes because no one can really do anything. You can, assi- you, right. you can assign a guy to each one if you want. Like, hey, you're getting Trey Lance no matter what. You're taking Raheem no matter what. But then they're just going to convert it into like an RPO and there's going to be two dudes like running wide open. And it's like okay, we'll just do that then. You know, it's like
2: yeah, freeze, it's crazy. Freeze is a perfect word for it because that's what they do. They have no idea what to do, so their feet just kind of get stuck in mud. And when you do that, you are giving the guys like Raheem Mostert an extra step. You do not give guys like Raheem Mostert an extra step. So I just think I'm I'm pretty fast. You want to give it. him negative steps, right? Right? <laughs> right? You don't want to give him an extra angle. But what I would what I'm pretty fascinated to see is if we're seeing just like these little wrinkles, these these basic run play concepts right now in August, like what is Mike McDaniel going to add come November to a Trey Lance package? Because they can do a lot. And I know people don't want to see him running up the middle. But in my opinion, that's where he will be at his best in the NFL just because, um, I mean, he's going to be able to outrun guys too. like if he goes up and then he goes out, he'll be able to outrun them. But he's a big dude and he's not gonna take a square shot. I don't think so anyway. Um, it'll be fun, man.
1: I don't I understand the the, the I one hundred percent understand, especially any 49ers fan understands after going through what they've been through with Jimmy Garoppolo, um, the idea that you want to keep your quarterbacks out of harm's way. But there are some quarterbacks who just that's part of what they do. And and everybody knew that. I mean, you're talking about a quarterback that ran for a thousand yards. During his last full season, like you kind of knew what you were going to get. And it'd be like saying, like, I just don't think Lamar Jackson should keep the ball. Now, I think that Trey Lance is probably especially coming out a more advanced quarterback and passer than Lamar Jackson was. But it would be like to me, it's like complaining that Lamar Jackson is running the ball. Like, it's just it's it's just a way of making plays. And yes, it opens up a quarterback to more hits, but he's not small. And like you said, so it's just something that I think we're going to have to get past because it, for Trey Lance to stress, could Trey Lance develop into an absolutely phenomenal pure pocket passer, like, or at least have that ability? Yes, of course. But for the ultimate kind of realization of what Trey Lance brings to the table, you have to let him run. That's just the way it is, and and it doesn't have to be the majority of times, but his scrambles and his design runs are what are truly going to keep defensive coordinators up late, and it's it's the way it is. So. The, the
2: point is to maximize the player's skill set, right? Of course. So two twenty five, four five, and we saw it today. Just scrambling naturally, just organically leaving the pocket. He's going to be able to get put your offense ahead of the change when nothing's there. So yeah, I think it'd be you'd be limiting him if you were to not and not have these design runs not let him just run naturally like we saw a little bit so yeah man there's there's nothing wrong with gaining yards on offense and having explosive plays I will say no
1: no and he's gonna take some of them to the house that's just gonna be the way it is um he's a bigger guy he has bigger strides there's gonna be times where defenders underestimate how fast he's moving and uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that too but um, is there anything I mean, both Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance looked solid. Trey Lance missed some throws. I'm, I'm sure Jimmy Garoppolo did too. Uh Trey Lance also dealt with the drops again. Uh quite a, I think he had at least two or three of his passes were dropped. Um
2: Is Are there you anything more else worried about the wide receiver drops or Lance's high throws?
1: That's tough. Um I'd probably say Lance's high throws, not because I'm worried about him. It's not just because I choose that over that doesn't mean I'm necessarily super worried about Lance's high throws, but because I just feel like these receivers have had Jimmy Garoppolo throwing to them for years, you know, at least two or three years or however long they've been with the offense. And it's going to take a little bit to adjust to Trey Lance. You can tell that some of these passes are traveling, whether they're thrown super hard or not, they're traveling much, much faster than they're used to. And I'm not prepared to give any receiver that excuse because if a quarterback's going to throw you the damn ball, you better catch it. But it's just the reality of things. Uh, you know, we saw the same thing with Colin Kaepernick. And I believe that Trey Lance has a bit more control and touch than Colin did. But you saw the same thing. Like it was just these. Passes. They went from Alex Smith to Colin Kaepernick. And I was like, holy <laughs> shit. Like, right. We need a like we gotta get used to this. And they will, so I'm not really worried about that. I know that Debo Samuel has good hands. Brandon Ayuk has good hands. muhammad Sanu has good hands. Trent Sherfield has shown to have good hands. I just don't know him as well. George Kittle has good hands. You know, I'm not I know none of these guys have bad hands, so I'm not worried about it. Uh Trey Lance, on the other hand, he threw he consistently threw highs passes high in college. Um, I just think that that's something he's probably going to do. It may result in an extra couple of picks a season, maybe more, you never know. But, um, it's just something that he'll probably continue to refine. I think a lot of people make the mistake of just thinking that because he's in the NFL now that he's no longer going to develop or work, work on his technique or work on his passing habits and i don't expect it to be like a big time thing i do like the idea although i know that there's probably plenty of people that are like hell no that i'd rather them throw it closer to the ground so defense can't pick it but i've always just hated the idea of quarterbacks leaving passes short putting them low not allowing the receiver to catch something that's either at his numbers or above it so i th- i mean you know what i mean i think we're in a better area than having a weak ass arm uh, but big yes Hopefully he uh you know it's not something that just continues. I think it'll be something that lessens just as he becomes more comfortable. The more uncomfortable you are in the pocket, the more you will result to any habit you had, whether it's bad or good. So I just think that it's probably something that'll level out the more time he spends out there. What about you? I mean, ask yourself
2: the same question. What are you more concerned about? So I don't I think drops just that happens for wide receivers, and I know it's frustrating for fans. But focus drops are a thing at every level, and as we saw, like it's just going to be part of the game. Like for any team, like everybody struggles with the same thing. So I think with Lance, it's it shouldn't be a surprise because this was like one of his biggest, biggest criticisms coming out of the draft. Like he's just not he wasn't an accurate quarterback, and his passes sailed high. And Chenhan talked about like his mechanical flaws that they've been working on. So it's going to be a work in progress. I don't I don't know though, because well no, I, I think I do know. It's it's gotta be the high passes just because we've seen it so much that we don't have enough evidence to say that it's not going to be a problem. Whereas if they just keep catching, as you mentioned, they just keep catching more and more passes from Lance, you would think the drops would be, you know, less and less of a problem. So I would say It's going to be the high passes. How about this, though? Because uh, whenever we do talk about the misses or even the drops, there's always a few. And like, this isn't just one person. There are multiple people who talk about, well, he doesn't throw a catchable pass. He doesn't throw a tight spiral. And that contributes to the drops. I don't agree with that. But uh, what do you think about that?
1: I haven't really. Has he thrown like more than one or two ducks? I... I don't even know that I've seen those.
2: I mean, it's it's not as aesthetically pretty as Jimmy G's balls, so his RPMs, Pause. Like, right? <laughs> right, sure. For those of you that think like that, you children. But let's um, go. <laughs> no, I think that there is no doubt that it looks different from Jimmy G. But when I, I don't know, I don't think it's an issue at all because I've seen them catch these passes, and I've seen multiple receivers catch these passes, and because it's not like the tightest spiral doesn't mean it's not a catchable pass. I just think people saw this – saw somebody say it one time and they're just running with it. So, to me, no. Like, that's – it's not an issue at all. And I really don't think it would be an issue during the regular season.
1: I think if you asked the receivers, like, you just got them all together and and, and threw George Kittle in there, and you were like, hey, does Trey Trey Lance doesn't throw a catchable ball, does he? And they'd all just kind of laugh at you. (laughs) Like, they'd be like, what are you talking about? Right. (laughs) they, it's just probably not something that anybody thinks about in that building. I I think that his passes. I've never seen one where I was like, "Oh, I can see why the receiver dropped that" outside of just pure velocity. So but anyways, we should should we move on to to something else that we saw in the game? Let's. Okay, so we've talked about the run game. I think you got to mention the run game. The 49ers had including all the quarterbacks had a total of 48 carries for 242 yards. They averaged, as a group, five yards a carry in four touchdowns. Uh, just to compare, give you some context to that, the Raiders only managed 20 carries for 63 yards, averaged 3.1 yards a carry with no touchdowns. So the 49ers just went absolutely, for lack of a more eloquent term, ape shit on the ground. Um, I mean uh Yeah, anytime you can get you can you can touch five yards of carry on the ground as a as a unit is is pretty insane. Uh, I mean, I'm looking at the stats and I'm just trying to determine who stole the show. I mean, they they were all good. Raheem, uh, Trey Sermon, seven carries, thirty-seven yards. That's five point three yards of carry. Wasn't one of the worst ones too. Yeah, yeah. You had then you had uh, ish, and then you had Raheem. Uh, seven carries for 53 yards, that's 7.6 yards a carry, which is like business as usual for him. Then you had Jermichael Hasty, six carries for 55 yards, that's 9.2 a carry, and he scored twice. Uh, And then Wayne Gallman was like your worst of the best (laughs) at 13 carries for 60 yards at 4.6 a carry. So it was like...
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate
3: that's U-N-I-F-Y-D dot com slash blue wire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new health care regimen, including E.E. system.
1: Just showing off, I guess you could say, but that kind of highlights something we 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 know we need to touch on at least a little bit before we get out of here is and not to say we don't have other things to talk about, but like the 49ers have some tough decisions when it comes to their 53-man roster cut on Tuesday. Big time. Do you have any strong opinions on how the running back depth chart should shake out or
2: so we know Mostert and Sermon are gonna be the one two guys. Like those are gonna be the guys receiving most of the carries from there though it gets tricky so was Elijah Mitchell was third up today right
1: yeah and I didn't even mention Elijah Mitchell
2: uh, he Six just didn't for get much for Yeah, yeah uh, four yards he did have he did truck a dude which was cool to see he um, did but he was the third guy up which kind of tells you that's where he's at in the rotation and that's what he was before uh, he went down with the injury so he missed all like this is the first time he's really played practice um in a, quite a while. So I think that kind of tells you that they're high on him. I think it's going to come down to Gallman and Hasty though. So Hasty has, you know, as we saw, he's going to be a guy who you can have bigger plays with. But I think you also have the other side, other side of the spectrum where there's you have to worry about the fumbles. You have to worry about him in pass protection. Is he going to be? Is he going to know where to go? Whereas Gallman is going to be that steady Eddie type of player, and he's like he's so good in pass protection. He might argue be their best pass protection blocker although I think it should be Kyle check but that's for a whole other conversation. Anyway, um, <laughs> I I would lean Gallman, but if you put Hasty on the practice squad and don't protect him, which they can do, and I would do every single week, but if you don't protect him, I imagine he's going to get poached just because you don't, like running backs, yes, they're a diamond dozen, but he just moves way too, he's so quick and he has enough burst where, you know, big play if it's there. So they have they have a lot of good players on the roster. I think is is the biggest uh, I get quote unquote issue, but it's not really an issue. They just have to figure out who they can keep. But you're probably not going to keep five uh, halfbacks.
1: Yeah, it would. Yeah, I really don't know what they're going to do there, and I don't necessarily. I'll put it this way: I don't think they could make a wrong decision. Um, Raheem Mostert, Trey Sermon, like you said, of course. And then I'm assuming they're going to keep four. And now we were mentioning protecting Jermichael Hasty. Can they can't do that on the initial cut, right? Like if Jermichael Hasty gets cut, any team can pick him up on waivers, right? Yes, before they even get to that point. And there's a few backfields out here that are kind of hurting, and it. Will, I,
2: I'm not sure he clears waivers. I, I would be very surprised if he clears waivers. So maybe they do that. Maybe they release Gallman knowing that he has a better chance of clearing waivers and potentially bring him back. There's so many different ways, but again, we are talking about players who more than likely won't contribute much. I think based on the kick return that he had, Elijah Mitchell locked that job up. I don't know. You
1: know, that's a, I think that's a good point. I think that's a good point because he had a really good kick return uh, he was, he also started the game, the very first play of the game, he had a special teams tackle, uh, solo too, just by himself, came around the right side and took the guy out. And if, if you can, obviously, and obviously they drafted him, used a draft pick. If they have reasons to keep him and Wayne Gallman, as solid as he is and as solid as he's been, he was just a guy that they signed, you know, in free agency. And there wasn't any no It, it didn't seem like any team had a, was in a particular rush to sign him. So there's different ways to work your way around it. I, I really don't know. I think if it were up to me, I'd go Raheem, Trey, Elijah, and Jamichael Hasty, um, and then just let Gallman go. I guess, but it, I it's tough because I really really like Wayne Gallman, so I don't know. I don't know. That's tough. That's one of the the I, more
2: the reason it might make more sense just to keep the guys like Mitchell and Hasty, just because they're more explosive and those guys are harder to find. Um, if it really gets down to it and you're struggling with your running backs protecting Jimmy G or Trey Lance, run them in a route. <laughs> you, there's ways to get around that. But, yeah, I think outside of the pass protections uh, just that you mentioned, it would be hard to justify keeping Gallman based on being solid. So, yes, he's, he has, he's racking up these yards, but like, is he doing anything that anybody else couldn't do? So he had 13 carries. He had by far and away the most carries today, but – 60 yards, 4.6, 11 was his longest, whereas the other guys, Hasty, 35-yarder, Mostert, 17-yarder. Sermon had a 14-yarder, and it seemed like he could have had more than that. Um, So, yeah, I I say Gallman based on maybe he doesn't – like he would be the best pass protector of the bunch, but is that going to be enough because that's only one thing?
1: Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know, but I think another – as long as we haven't left anything up touched with the running backs, another group that we have to talk about that's kind of been doing their damn thing all preseason is the defensive line. And if we think the decision is going to be difficult at running back, then I would venture to feel – to think that the 49ers probably feel like that decision is even more difficult at defensive line. And John Lynch did say earlier this week that the 49ers were fielding calls. Now, did he did he specifically say four players on their defensive line?
2: Yo, yeah, he said they're calling about the depth on their defensive line. He did okay. not okay. hide that at all. So, I mean,
1: they're gonna have some they're gonna have some really good players get cut because I mean, if if they keep two quarterbacks maybe they surprise people and go five right wide receivers. I'm trying to think of all the positions or, or, you know, they, they, they cut down to eight offensive linemen instead of nine, you know, like there's ways where you can trim it. If they're, if, you know, as long as they don't feel like they're letting go of an essential player, but there's just going to be some really, really talented players coming off this defensive line. And I'm trying, I'm looking at the list right now. Cause you got your gimmies. You have Eric Armstead, Nick Bosa, D Ford, um, I guess you could say DJ Jones is a is a gimme. I think yeah, he's going to start. Javon Kinlaw, obviously. So that's four, right? I just or five, and then after that, it's just this, this hodgepodge of really good players like Arden, Zach, is is Zach Kerr. They signed him in free agency to a decent contract. I I kind of see him as big day. Right? Uh, uh, yeah, big day today. I kind of see him as a guarantee. Uh, he's been really good. Maurice Hurst is dealing with an injury right now. Kevin Givens has been really solid. I didn't even mention Sab- Samson Ebucom. He's kind of like a guarantee. Right. There's, he's a guarantee. So, what is that? I've, I've already listed off like
2: six. Ford, Bosa, Armstead, Kinlaw, Jones, Ebucom. I think all three of them are Gary, like as Stone Cold locks it gets. So, one, two, three, four, five. That's six. They're probably going to keep 10, right? And Hurst counts because he didn't go on the IR, so I feel like that's them telling us he's going to make the roster. So we're at seven with three spots to go for like twelve dudes. And you got to
1: throw some edge guys in there, so because you, you have right, you have Ford, Ebukam, um, Bosa. I think he is a lot. I think I mean I don't want to say lock, but well, and you also have Jordan Willis who's going to serve that suspension, right? Right,
2: which in Just, a way works out well for them. Just because but does, when he's he serving that suspension, it, does
1: he count on the fifty-three?
2: He does not.
1: Okay, so they could almost like stick with Key, and because you got to I, I would think you'd have at least have to have four edge rushers. You know, right. kind of the guys you consider edge rushers. You got Bosa and Ford, Ebukam, and who else? So and
2: Key is well, who I think that person right, is. right, yeah, right, yeah, I agree. So for what it's I mean, worth, Armstead, like when they go to individual, Armstead goes with the D tackles. So, like, that's what they view him as. I know he plays on the edge during base downs, but I I imagine they view him, I mean, just keep
1: contained.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Keep contained. Push your guy back on passing downs. We're going to kick you inside and you are going to kick the guard in the mouth.
1: Yeah. And so that
2: leaves that kind of guys that we
1: haven't, like, given a nod to, you know, you have Contavis Street, uh, Kevin Givens. Darian uh Darian Dan yeah no okay so yeah there's there's a couple guys you know it kind of comes down to Maurice Hurst Kevin Gibbons Cantavius
2: Street I think that's it like I, I think maybe one player. or two of those guys aren't going to make it yeah the last spot likely comes down to Kerr Street and based on today it has to be Kerr right because you're going to remember the last thing you saw and Kerr had he had a sack where he that was a nice really nice spin He's yeah. been solid all
1: preseason, and yeah. he's a big dude that kind of can. Let's say if something happened to DJ Jones, he could kind of fill that uh, that nose tackle ish role. I know they've kind of gotten away from that type of formation, but uh, you know it's a guy that you can have sitting there that's tough to move. Uh-huh, and he's yes. actually for a guy as big as he is, he's
2: pretty good, uh, you know, as a pass rusher too. So oh, he's agile. Yeah, he he can cover some ground. I think that's probably one of the most impressive parts about like this entire defensive line in general is. They all have range. Like DJ Jones has range. Kinlaw has Kenlaw's range is much improved uh, from his rookie season. And then of course uh, we saw Kerr make some some nice plays today. So where are, we, where are we at now? So that oh Givens, but that's a D-tackle. So Ford, Bosa, Hearst, or sorry, Ford Bosa, Key, Ebucom. Those are your four edge rushers. And then inside, you have Kinlaw, Jones, Morris Hurst, who is probably not going to play for a couple weeks. And that I they're really high on Kevin Givens. I know he hasn't, you know, we, we haven't really talked about him, but the way that the other players and even D'Amico Ryan's speaks about him, it just would seem like he's a lock to make the roster. So that's probably that's Kinlaw's backup. When Kinlaw was missing during practice during these past couple weeks or so, like it was Kevin Givens who was playing. So I, I guess we should. It's he's going to be the, the backup three tech.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's just ridiculous how deep their defensive line is and so it's going to be interesting to see how they handle that um
2: every player that we just talked about like can should play in the nfl and if the 49ers cut either of these guys they're going to get scooped up in a heartbeat
1: yeah some of those guys that we were talking about possibility getting cut could could compete for a starting role on a lot of
2: teams. A hundred percent. Like Arden key is a starter in the NFL based on everything that I saw from him during August. Like he's a really good player. Uh, He's, is he at the level of the starting edge rushers that the 49ers have? No, he's not, you know, who else isn't Uh, the majority of the NFL. So that's not (laughs) really a knock against key saying, because he can't start over D freaking Ford and Nick freaking Bosa. Right. Yeah. It doesn't really
1: mean anything. (laughs) Uh, all right, so I mean, one thing we got to one more, I guess one more group we got to kind of talk about at, at least a little bit are the receivers because Jalen Hurd finally played. I mean, what's today his first the first football game he's played
2: in since the Cowboys it was, when he hurt yeah. his back two years ago? That uh, imagine how much has changed since then. A Just, lot, bro. Yeah, night and day, man. And or do you think he looked the same like he looked in the Cowboys preseason in nineteen?
1: no he also didn't necessarily get the chance to look the same because those were you know the plays we got to see were two very specific plays you know like a fade ball in the end zone and then a a a, not a dump off but a a pass over the middle right you know they gave him a running start into the into the end zone but i mean he ended up with with six targets four catches now they only went for 25 yards but i just didn't really know what to take of it and I know Kyle Shanahan made some com- comments in the press conference about both him and Jaquisky Tart about if they're healthy, then they're kind of you know, then they're kind of good to go.
2: Yeah, it, it, he's going to be on the roster. There's no doubt about that because which it's like yeah, I don't I don't somewhere. blame them at all for doing that. It did seem like they wanted to, they went out of their way to feature him, so he, he was targeted. Oh, six for times. sure. Um, out. So Trent Sherfield was targeted four times. And Hurd was targeted six times. And the next guy after that was Juwan Jennings, who was targeted three times. So yeah, four catches, 25 yards, obviously had the the goal line carry, which is probably why Shanahan loves him so much, knowing that he could use him on those little jet motions down near the goal line, or maybe in third and two, third and three situations. So I think the versatility helps him a lot, but again, it just has to be, um, is he going to have any setbacks? Also, He had a drop, two drops. Would you count?
1: I believe he had two. He had the one where Trey Lance kind of led him down to the ground because he was going right over the middle next to both the safeties. Uh, That one was pretty easily catchable. And then you had the other one that was like a a pretty outstanding pass from Trey Lance. Yes. And I don't think the corner got his hand on it, but he flashed his hand right in front of it as it was coming in to Jalen Hurd. And it hit Jalen Hurd's hands and and then he dropped it. And it was like a thirty yard, almost like a corner out, is is kind of at least how it ended up.
2: And he dropped that one too. So Yeah, though that play seems like you either have to attack it with your hands or just catch it with your body. And he seemed kind of unsure. And he it looked like he did a little bit of both, and then the ball snuck up on him at the last minute. But that that is a tough catch when, you know, a guy's draped all over you. But he you wanted to him to catch that, right? Like that. I would imagine that goes down as a drop in the statute.
1: Yeah, you would think so. I mean, I don't really lend as much credence to the age old like, "Well, it hit your hands." Like, I I like to see the whole context of the play. There's no. But I mean, if we look at that group the same way we've been looking at the other groups, you have, you know, you got Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel up top, kind of like the the obviously untouchables. I consider Trent Sherfield to be right there with them, Um, and that's. When we first started having this conversation, we would say that based on Trent Sherfield's value as a special teamer, but now he's just firmly established himself as one of the the most valuable receivers on the team. It would seem like, you know, from everything uh, you saw, from everything I read about training camp leading, you know, on the way through it, from everything I've seen in the preseason games, the dude just seems good, like legitimately good. And so you got that. That's three. And then let's just, given what we just say, let's say Jalen Hurd is a fourth, and so it depends on how many you want to keep. Because I guess at that point the decision doesn't become that hard. You have Juwan Jennings, Muhammad Sanu, and Nasimba Webster, and to me, you know,
2: the answer is pretty obvious there, right? Like it, you, you go Muhammad
1: Sanu and or Juwan Jennings and Juwan Jennings. Right, you could right. do you could do and or they keep um, six. I would think so.
2: I would think so. Keeping five is tough. Yeah, Sherfield's a baller, man. Like, there's no other way around it. He's done this every time that they're on TV or even at practice. It seems like he does something that you're like, oh, that's why he's playing. And so he had the third and 13 where he went up, made a tough catch, held on through contact. That was great. He had a it comeback was. where he ran a really nice route, created separation got his feet down, extended for the pass. Like he does some things. And most of the things that we've seen in the preseason have been the, these long chunk plays where he's kind of running wide open. But I think today, like the two plays, the two catches of that I just mentioned, that those are much more transferable and sustainable for a guy like Sherfield And that's why it's pretty easy to see him in a role for the 49ers offense, probably even more so than Hurd, Jennings, Sanu, because we know he can run, but I, I really do think he has like one of the, the best hands on this, some of the best hands on the team. And he's just a reliable dude. And like, you know that it doesn't have to be a perfect pass to be able to throw to him. Like, all of these things matter. So, uh, thank you, Arizona Cardinals.
1: Yeah, no kidding, man. He's looked great. He's looked great. And, and and I think you've summed up pretty well. Like, he's just legit. And it's no longer like, oh, well, he has special teams values. So I can see why, they're, the, why they'd keep him. It's, we're beyond that. It's, it's like, no, he's just good. That's why they're going to keep him. So um, I'm trying to think if there's any other positions or anything that happened during the game. I mean, since we've last been on here, uh, because admittedly, uh, we just like straight up <laughs> for- forgot <laughs> to record last Thursday. Like, like, yeah, we're we're just, we care out here. I promise we do. But, you know, obviously we both have lives. Um, Richie James is no longer a part of the equation. At least for now, they they waived him with an injured designation.
2: Uh, I can't. What was his injury again?
1: For Richie remember. James, the knee injury. Yeah.
2: There you go. Oh, uh, so that was pretty funny because again, every time Shanahan speaks about injuries, he has no idea what he's talking about. He got. A, he has a knee thing. He said. He said uh, it starts with an M. <laughs> like,
1: oh, <a> meniscus. <laughs> uh, he's
2: like it starts with an M. I know it's not an ACL because that's what you guys worried about, but. I don't know. I didn't ask. Like, but that's how he speaks about injuries, man. He's great.
1: Right. So, we'll find out at some point tomorrow if Richie James. Yeah, I think technically the waiver period's already over, but nobody probably has bothered to worry about it during the middle of all these games. So, uh, we'll probably find out tomorrow if he cleared waivers because if he does, then he auto- does then he automatically goes onto their 49ers injured reserve list. Does that mean he's done for the season? If he's on the IR
2: before the season starts, yes.
1: Okay. See, so, yeah, because, uh, you know, the whole shuffling, the COVID IR and everything yeah. that went on with that, it, it throws me off. But you can bring him so back he, within three
2: weeks after the fact. But yeah, before the season starts, uh, good night to your season.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, and that was, this could be the 49ers' way of giving Richie James maybe one more year. You know, if he's on IR, they don't necessarily have to cut him. I think they could. Release him with like an injury settlement, maybe I think that that's how that works i've I've never dove into that side of things, but he was just having by far the I, I think it's safe to say by far the worst off season of any 49ers receiver, no matter expected to make the team or not like he just could not catch the ball it, it was it was rough to see for a guy that has that much potential which which kind of 49ers land has talked about plenty. Uh, he just struggled mightily, and that was kind of – it just seems like that was the 49ers way of easing the blow a little softer than normal.
2: Yeah, that's it It did suck to see just because you you know he has talent. Like, you know he can play, but he just couldn't hang on to the ball to save his life. And you kind of saw that in the rotation. So, can Samuel are your clear starters. They go to 11 personnel. Maybe it's new, Maybe it's Sherfield. Then the backups come in. Then it's Sherfield, Sanu, Juwan Jennings, Jalen Hurd. They're rotating, and then it went. Travis Benjamin was the next to come in, and then it was Richie uh, Richie James. So uh, it's it would have been tough sledding for him to make it. So this does give him maybe another life, but I mean, there, we just didn't see anything during August to 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 think that he would make the roster. And that's probably what happens when you upgrade at the wide right receiver position. You know, competition pressure bus pipes and Sherfield just Sherfield was essentially the guy that everyone wanted Richie James to be
1: pressure bus pipes. I like it. I like it. I mean, we, so we had the press conferences after the game. Uh, we didn't really get anything from those that nope. were, was very definitive. I mean, Kyle kind of said like, what he usually says. Yeah. I mean, he's like, yeah, we could use the double, you know, both quarterbacks in the game and, defenses can prepare for it if they want to. And it's just like, thanks. all right, man, thanks. Yep. You know, like, and, and even Trey Lance, Trey Lance is already, I know he's a rookie, but in turn, in terms of a press conference, he's already a very seasoned veteran. Like the answers that he gives are so vanilla. And so like by the book, and the, I would be surprised if we really ever get anything out of the guy. Like, even Jimmy G is more of an open book than Trey Lance is, So he doesn't want to give anything. No. And um, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, obviously he's not going to say anything else. He was seemed totally cool with the whole two quarterback thing. But I mean, Hey, if I was making 20 something million, I'd be cool of, of getting to take less snaps yeah, <laughs> and preserve true. my body. And if I do get hurt, I pretty sure he's got a pretty handsome injury guarantee. So I'm down for whatever, (laughs) you know, like, of course you are.
2: Right. But do do what you guys want. I'm paid.
1: Right. So um, I'm trying to make sure that we haven't glossed anything, glossed over anything important, whether it was in the game or said after the game.
2: No, I mean, it was the same typical quotes. Like Tart said, who is a baller? Um, Jimmy G said, you know, I've never been in this situation. Um, but he wants to do what's best for the team it was it was a lot of those type of answers
1: yeah it was it was so i'm just making sure we give everybody the due diligence the next time we come to you guys next time we come to you guys it'll be probably on tuesday after the 49ers have i believe it's 1 p.m uh pacific standard time for the 49ers when they have to uh announce their i believe it's 27 my math serves me correctly 27 more cuts to go from uh their 80 right now to 53 you know the age old 53 man roster cut always painful always shitty uh you just know that 27 dudes have to get the you know the shittiest phone call of their of their year at the very least so
2: hopefully they'll be back hopefully we have another chance you know to make it
1: well, that's – and that's a good point because they expanded the practice, practice squad to 16 players now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, that I, – and it used to be 10. So I, and that's a huge deal. And for anybody feeling bad about somebody making the practice squad, don't. They still make great money. <laughs> I think they make like – and they can they can adjust the salaries based on if other teams are interested in them and how, long, how, long, how much they want them to stick around. But I think they're still making hundreds of thousands of dollars like – A year. So don't like be upset with, for them. But at the same time, all of these guys just want to make an after roster. They want to be a part of the team, uh, in that way. And just the fact that you've been told that you can't do that another year is always tough. So, uh, I always just have respect for that time of year. Um, but we'll come back to you guys on Tuesday after that's happened, we'll break down the 53 man roster and everything that pertains to it. I don't necessarily envision there being that many surprises, because the 49ers depth and their their starters and their depth are just so much more established than they have been years been in years past. So there's just not a lot of room for anything like, whoa, that's crazy. You know, it's at least I don't think so. But watch, the 49ers are gonna trade like D Ford or something, and everybody's gonna be like, wow, okay, you know, and then
2: I'm gonna be like, yeah, my bad So I know the or I have the practice squad salaries. If you make or sorry, if you have fewer than two accrued seasons, at minimum, you make 9200 per week. Per week? Per week. That, folks, is what? Is like around $500 four, $478,000 uh, per year. If to be if, on the if, practice squad. To be on the practice squad. If you have more than two accrued seasons, you get a minimum of 14000 per week. Yeah, so... no they're
1: not struggling that would be a fun-ass job man but again like i'm not an idiot and i understand you don't get to this point in your career in the nfl without having a a fairly insatiable urge to to compete and be be out there but at the same time i'm just trying to to let you know that they'll be okay if they make the practice squad they'll be all right um anything else man did i miss anything
2: no i think we're good man so uh Lance. we Trey Lance talked about his finger, but he's good after the game. I think that was a little bit of worry. Because like you saw all the B Riders say, Oh, Trey Lance is hurting his finger, or nursing his finger, because he hit it on a helmet or whatever. But I mean the next play, he threw it deep to Travis Benjamin on the DPI, which was nice. So no, no that's a good it was a well placed ball, too. It set that up perfect. Give him a chance, baby. Yep,
1: yep. That's how that's how it is, man. It's it's so easy to draw that pass interference. <laughs> yeah. Um it's so easy to do. So I think that's it, man. I think that's it. So we got Monday, Tuesday, we'll be on here breaking down roster cuts and then we have a couple of weeks before the 49ers. I mean, the next football we get to talk about is the regular motherfucking season. Real deal, baby. Yep, the real deal. The Lions and all of their might are awaiting the 49ers. Um come uh, come a couple weeks from now. So that's exciting. I I mean we're 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 past the preseason and we're on our way to the, the real deal. And I'm I'm truly excited to see what the 49ers are capable of this year. Uh, because they're by all accounts and purposes, I would say easily a top 10 roster in the league. We'll see if they're if they're worthy of more than that. Um, but I, I, I have high hopes. I think they're gonna be good. I think they're gonna be good. But all right, man, any last words?
2: No, I, I think that's a good way to put it. Just they have so many good freaking players on the <laughs> roster that it would be very, very tough for them to not win double-digit games. And, yeah, the preseason doesn't mean much, but we got to see guys like Maurice Hurst, like Arden Key, like Trent Shurfield step up, and it's pretty evident that they're going to have a role, even Hufunga. So, um, no, we we did learn a lot during August, but no more QB stats, no more practice QB stats to worry about because (laughs) we have real football.
1: Well, and I guess one thing I'd like to leave everybody with is you haven't seen Nick Bosa play yet, and Trent Williams, in all his uh, humble, and, you know, information, said that you know most players that come back from an, an ACL injury don't come back better, and he seemed pretty sure of himself that Nick Bosa did because uh, l- last week Nick Bosa got uh, some actual got to actually practice in team. I'm assuming that if he did team, he probably did one on ones too at least for a day. Um, I don't know if the media was allowed to watch that practice, but Trent Williams was, was pretty effusive with with his praise saying like, look, dude, like at the very least there was no drop off for this guy. So, uh, you know, and, and we, we know the 49ers roster is good and we haven't even seen Nick Bosa and D Ford play football yet. So that's fun. I saw here we come. <laughs> exactly, exactly. All right, guys. Well, I appreciate y'all. I hope you enjoyed uh, your 49ers preseason football. But like I said, we're on the way to the regular season now. We'll come at you guys on Tuesday after the roster cuts, break down the, the roster the 49ers are going to be taking into the regular season. But you already know what it is. That's KP. I'm Rob. This is Striking Gold, and we're signing out.